Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Premier Chels, your source for all things Premier League, but starting with Chelsea first. Coming to you on your speakers and headsets, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Jackie from Houston, and I have Rahul here from Connecticut. Rahul, I see you have an exciting background today, my friend. I do, and I think that's where we'll start this show off. So uh, without without any further ado, uh, Pernilla Arder, or I'll let you say it first, Panil Erde. <laughs> Erde has become Denmark's leading goal scorer uh, for both the men's and women's side of, of the game. So uh, just massive achievement for her. Um, she scored her 66th international goal for them in their game uh, this uh, earlier today. Uh, and she surpasses, uh, I might butcher this name too, but it's uh, Merite Pedersen. Okay. Um, and she now becomes the leading goal scorer for the whole nation, uh, a nation that started their football way back in 1897. Yeah, what an incredible record. I believe she's like 27 or 28. So there's, 28, yeah. There's several years to put some gap in there. So no yeah, absolutely. Anytime soon, so. Well, congratulations to her. And I'm glad that she's one of Chelsea's finest now as well. So exciting to see. Maybe she can add a bigger tally to the Chelsea side as well. Yeah, definitely. And um, like you said, 28 and long made continue and um, more records come her way and, and trophies and, and accolades. So congratulations to her and uh, just wanted to start off over there. Yeah, great way to start off the podcast and congratulations again. But let's jump into UCL review. Rahul, I think we had a funny game, I would say, because you and I were pretty confident. We did win the game, but we're pretty confident. But let's start slow. What about a predicted, sorry, an actual starting 11 from you? Yeah, so, um, I mean, I think we kind of nailed it as much as maybe Alonso, but yeah. um, Mendy in goal, Espilicueta, Christensen, Rudiger, uh, Reese James came back, uh, Kovacic, Jorginho, Alonso on the left wing back, Mount, uh, Ziyech, and Lukaku up top. Yep, so a little bit of rotation. We got most of it right, but Hakim Ziyech coming into that front two or three, whatever you want right. to call it. And Alonso, we thought Chilwell would start the game just to give him a break, but Alonso flying... Hard and strong on that left wing seems to keep his position. So again, good team overall. And, you know, we're playing a Russian team. We had said this in the last episode, a team that they're not the easiest team to play, but they're not on paper the strongest team that we could play. But maybe we didn't make it easy on ourselves. I don't know. What are your thoughts? We didn't. And like you said, they're Russian champions. They're here on merit. Um, you know, Champions League isn't, isn't you know, we're playing all the best teams in Europe is what I'm trying to say. And uh, they came in with a plan similar to Villa, which was to sit tight, sit tight in midfield, uh, have bodies behind the ball, not allowing us to kind of have space. And for the longest time, we kind of fed into that by not being sharp, not being quick with our passing. Um, and the first half kind of just back and forth and can't really think of any major chances. Well, how about you? No, I think you said it right. We were not sharp. Maybe that's the best way to look at it because I'm looking at some of the stats here. We actually had overall 67% of the ball, but honestly, watching the game, it didn't really feel like that. And I think those are the times where you have the ball, but you're not really doing too much with right. it. And when Z when Zenit had the ball, they were actually a little more, not clinical, but they were a little more lively with the ball. Yeah, a little more just direct in terms direct, of their counterattacking yeah. and um, a couple of tackles from Rudiger Christensen uh, saved some Mendy, kept us in the game, which is a little worrying because it reminds me and brings me back to last season where teams would come and sit and just try to soak it up and then hit us on the counter. Right. Um, but this season, we seem to be a little more, 
I guess, sharper on the defensive side with, with sniffing these things out. And if not Mendy coming up and making the saves like we were talking about in the last episode. Yeah, I think it's the theme for the last few weeks. The defense has been excellent. I don't want to jinx any of it right now, but we really have been excellent. I think they snuff out all the danger, probably a little bit quicker than even we as fans notice sometimes what they're doing and just right. making sure that nothing penetrates that back line. Hopefully that it's early days and the team is still kind of getting that engine going and that fluidity going. So we'll see a little bit more. Maybe a couple of changes in the front as well. Lukaku has been a mainstay for the most part. Mount went out in the last game, came back in in this one. Kai was in another game. Ziyech comes in. So I think maybe that rotation, that front three, and we had said this probably last year or two as well, when he was rotating that front three quite a bit, that if you kind of fix your front three, they kind of know where the next guy's going to run, where that person's going to be. And that helps you with that fluidity. Again, same thing with midfield. Kovacic and Jordi have been good. Saul started the previous game. Kante to come back. So I think once he nails down his his preferred 11 that can play back-to-back and Yes, there's a lot of football, but you want to kind of get that solid first team 11 and rotate a little bit here and there or at halftime take off a player that's not feeling the most physically fit and go from there. That might help. But yeah, I don't know what more to analyze on the game. I think it was a little bit dry is the best way we can talk about it. Yeah, it definitely was. And actually, while you were uh, making the point about the different attacking options we've had uh, in the three games that Lukaku has started up top, which was Arsenal, uh, Liverpool away and then Villa um, he's mainly played with Ziyech or I, I beg your pardon Mount and Havertz behind him uh, and then in Villa Ziyech came in with uh, I believe it was Havertz so he has been kind of rotating in those positions um, and that like you said that takes a little bit of time for them to gel and it doesn't help that they went all the way away for international beauty so right. uh, in training they couldn't work on some of these little pieces that you know make them click and attack but uh, like you said, first half, okay, dry. Second half, a lot more sharper, a lot more kind of with an intent to win the game. Uh, a couple of changes and um, eventually the goal comes and it comes from the head of Romelu Lukaku, <laughs> uh, which kind of is becoming a theme of our uh, goals, which come from him. But I'm not complaining. I mean, that's why we brought him and he's doing the business. No, before I talk about Lukaku, because I feel like in the last few episodes, that's all we've really talked about is <laughs> Lukaku. But Credit to Aspilicueta. I think yeah. that him pushing up on that right side and the ball was almost made for Lukaku. I mean, it's almost like he said, I'm going to put it right there in the air. You go and you just tap it in. And, and that he did. Uh, it, it's great to see Lukaku have that finish, but credit to Aspilicueta still putting in those brilliant crosses, which really helps a striker Lukaku when he's not getting the ball to feet. He has that physical and that aerial threat to actually put the ball in the net. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it shows you that Aspilicueta playing as a right center back had the, the freedom and the ability to kind of push forward and put in the cross, which he has a good cross. I know we, right. we talk about Reese James and his crosses, but Espelicueta over his time at Chelsea and, and working with different strikers, I think back to Murata, uh, he had a good relationship with him where he would put in these crosses and Murata would score. Um, so it was good for him to, to kind of find that space. And I think that's his second assist to Lukaku in, in the space of two games. Yeah. It looks like a good relationship there. And I think that's something we had highlighted, not with Aspilicueta necessarily, but with Chelsea, that right wing of ours seems to be pretty strong with the likes of Aspilicueta, James, Callum Hudson-Odoi, Ziyech when he plays there. So Lukaku kind of makes those deeper runs on the left channel just for a deep ball to come in. And he, he gets good opportunities from there. So I'm excited to see what will happen. One thing I do want to say about the game, we did talk about that first half being dry, second half. I think Tuchel 
maybe has a way with words because it's not the first time we've gone in with a, a sleepy first half and come out looking a little more energized in the second half. I think under some previous coaches, even Lampard most recently, it would be, okay, we're going to go in and something's going to change in that second half and absolutely nothing would change in those second halves. So credit to Tuchel as well. I think whether or not he's changing the, some tactics or he's saying the right things to get them to wake up for lack of a better word. I think that's an important fact to talk about. The other thing that I think is different is we're not really into full finesse mode. And what I mean by that is in gears, we're not, maybe we're running right now at gear one or gear two, a well-oiled Chelsea machine can go to four five, six gears and really turn it on. And so what's happy about this is we're winning. And that's something that wouldn't have happened two years ago or three years ago, where if we're not playing at our highest level and full, everybody clicking in full form, we were not going to win. Here you can see if we win, that means that when we do finally click, probably going to be fun to watch us. Yeah, no, you're, you're spot on. And we actually were saying that I think last season too was a wait till uh, Havertz and Werner and Pulisic and Ziyech all come into form. And uh, at that point, we were kind of not getting the results that we're getting now, which I'd rather win 1-0 and have these right. guys build up that confidence and get into fitness, get into uh, you know, match sharpness, get them all up to the level where going into the rest of the season, uh, where typically November, December is where we fall apart. That's where we come into form with, you know, not just winning games, but performing and putting in, in, in uh, the performances that get us the results and wins. Right. Um, so not a bad place to be. I mean, we win the game. Rudiger, I, I want to touch on, you, you spoke about Tuchel and I 100% agree on, uh, but Rudiger kind of also set the tone in that second half with that spectacular run um, <laughs> from defense and almost scoring right at the end. I think Lukaku made a joke. He was like, well, he, he should have just passed it to me. Um, and that just shows you the relationship that they have and in, in the uh, you know, just a relationship overall in the squad. But Rudiger setting the tone once again, not just in defense, but also in attack. And uh, that man has come to life since the beginning of this year and uh, long may it continue. Honestly, he's been excellent, Rahul. I don't think there's an easier way to say that. Defensively, we've always known he was good. Under Lampard, he had fallen out of favor and we had questioned if, you know, he's not motivated or it's just not the right system, whatever the case may be. But he is just a different player and... I don't want to lie to the listeners out there, but I think Rudiger was actually clocked as running as one of the fastest speeds in the Premier League this season, which is kind of incredible because he's not necessarily a left back or right back. He's a center back by trade. So having that pace and power and then just that driving run, it was fun to watch. And I think he's enjoying his football, which is very, very important to see. So I'm excited. I, I know he's going to keep his place for a little bit unless he does something terribly wrong, which at this point you really can't see that happening. One question I have for you, which I've noticed throughout the, the last few games here, and I think you had texted me this while the game was going on, was at some point our team almost looks like we're out of ideas. And they just say, give it to Lukaku. I think you would actually use those words, give it to Lukaku and let's see what he can do. It happened in the previous match where we were we were looking for a goal. They gave it to Lukaku. He smashed one in. And here we go again. It's like, hey, nothing's working. Cross that ball up to Lukaku. He heads it in. Are we in danger of maybe having an over-reliance on Lukaku because we don't really have another player of his stature. We know we've struggled with Timo playing that position, Pulisic in the false nine, Kai trying to play that false nine. He's he's more of an out-and-out recognized striker. Are we in danger of if Lukaku gets injured or loses a little bit of form, we probably would struggle? 
yeah, I mean, I, I like I, like I was saying, Lukaku was brought in for the goals and he's delivering right now. And I think his record at most of his clubs has been for through the first 10 or 11 games, he at least scores one goal a game. Uh, so that puts us maybe through, through through the end of October, which is, again, what I was saying was November, December is the time where we struggle. <laughs> uh, but my hope is that, you know, if Lukaku drops or it, for some reason isn't getting the goals, we still have Kai Havertz who scored against right. Liverpool. We have Kovacic, which popped up with a goal. Uh, Mason Mount still hasn't fully come into his own with, uh, you know, the attacking side. And Timo Werner, we haven't really seen much of. Now, again, most people will say, well, this is the same Werner from last season that was missing chances. But this is the second season, like we were saying about Havertz last episode. Uh, Werner should be a little bit more comfortable with the team, with the surroundings, with the way of the, the league operates. Uh, so once he comes back, we have an opportunity to get maybe a couple of goals from him. Pulisic, who's been out, um, and Ziyech, who had a very good um, preseason, right? Yeah. But then picked up that injury. I believe it was in the Super Cup, mm-hmm. uh, which has kind of derailed him a little bit. But hopefully, him coming back to life and and you know unlocking defenses, which we'll talk about in with Spurs. I think he'll he might play a key role. Uh, I think we still have enough in our attack that we don't have to fully rely on Lukaku and don't forget our defenders pop up with goals once in a while too. So uh, there are goals in this team and it's, it's up to us to unlock them. Uh, And I think we will with, with the players that we have. Yeah. Fair point. I think that's just been my early days notice that we pass the ball and hope that Lukaku scores, but fair point. We do have a lot of attacking talent, so hopefully we can do something great with them here in the next few weeks and unlock some of these attacking midfielders to contribute to the goal scoring. Right. One last thing I want to talk about, and then maybe we can move on if you have any more questions about the game, but he did make a bunch of changes, which was nice to see. So Thiago Silva came on, you know, he's 36, but it's good to see him still contributing very well. You know, he brought on Kai Havertz as well, who has been in and out of the team. I think he's trying to make sure that everybody's getting a run in and run out of the game. But two names that he brought on, which I was particularly excited to see, was Ben Chilwell. Ben Chilwell came on for... Alonso and again I think we've discussed Alonso at length over the last few weeks here he's been brilliant but this is almost a reminder to Alonso that you do have another great great left back or left wing back whatever you want to call it on the bench and if Ben takes his opportunities like granted he only got a few minutes here you have to watch your back and for Ben it's like hey you can get into this team just keep playing but the last one Rahul is interesting Ruben Loftus-Cheek you know he's a name that we had seen a lot of under Mauricio Sarri, unfortunately got a big, big injury that kind of derailed his career, went off last season, did very well on loan, came back, and we then signed Saul, and we're sitting here wondering where is Ruben going to fit, how is he going to play, but Ruben almost played in that attacking midfielder role, which is interesting, so they're going to bring him up against the likes of Mounts, Havertz, Ziyech. Pulisic, Kalamans, and Adoy. Uh, I know we have a lot of games to play, but your thoughts on Ben Chilwell first and then uh, Ruben? I thought you were doing the blast from the past section. <laughs> <laughs> no, but jokes aside, I honestly was happy to see Ben Chilwell get some time. And the uh, the option of making five subs in, in the Champions League allows you and allows managers like Tuchel to kind of bring the, some of these players that uh, need the time in and I think he came in around the 80th minute so he got 10 minutes which were his first 10 minutes since the Champions League final on May 29th 
Um, so not a bad time to come on. And I think uh, you posted something on Instagram saying he loves this competition. Um, and from what we saw, I mean, very early days and, you know, can't really make a judgment, but Chilwell looked okay. And uh, he'll only get better with, with more game time. And that should be coming with the number of games that we've got. Um, and I think eventually once he's fully back to his fitness and, and sharpness, I think he becomes the first left back, left wing back. Um, but again, him becoming first choice and Alonso kind of dropping only makes it uh, more interesting because Chilwell knows that I, there is a specialist in this position kind of waiting in the wings to come in. Uh, and then Loftus-Cheek, I was interested to see that he came on for, I believe it was Mason Mount, right. uh, and played that attacking role. And if passes had gone differently in, in, in his way, he probably would have scored right at the end. Yeah. Um, and he adds that physicality, he adds the option of winning headers, uh, in games where we might be away and, and need uh, to nick a goal with, you know, maybe a corner or just his ability to maybe also hold the ball alongside um, Lukaku. So it's not a bad option to have, and he can fill that attacking midfield role, like you were saying, uh, uh, as well as maybe the central midfield if we need it. Um, so good to see him coming back. And there was a couple of other names on the bench, like Ross Barkley, that didn't even, <laughs> didn't even make it, but that's a, a topic for another day. Yeah, look, we have a big, big squad, and I think that's going to be a topic of conversation for the rest of the season. Maybe in January we'll see some changes coming in, but overall, I think we can't be too upset with the whole performance. I think we touched on earlier, wasn't the liveliest Chelsea game, but we had 11 shots, only two on target, so we need to focus a little bit there. Uh, we talked about a lot of possession. We strung together 804 passes versus their 412. It's It makes sense with the amount of possession we have, but pass accuracy is about 91%. So Overall, a decent game like we've talked about. So I don't think there's much left to say, Rahul. Maybe it's time to move on to the next games here. Yeah, just before we move on from the Chelsea game, just uh, congratulations to Mendy, uh, N'Golo Kante, Jorginho, and Tuchel, Tuchel uh, for winning the um, their respective awards in the uh, UEFA awards that they give out. And they won them a few weeks ago, but they were given the physical awards before the game. So that was good to see. Yeah, almost a clean sweep there. So that was great. Yeah, I think the only one we missed out was um, attacker. Of the season. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which yeah. if Lukaku was yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's enough praising all of them in the Champions League. I think that was good. Let's move on to the Premier League. But maybe before we start with, you know, the the preview for for Chelsea and Tottenham, which is a massive game, maybe we start with West Ham and Man United and talk about them a little bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, hey, West Ham were sitting top of the table a couple of weeks ago, and now Manchester United sit top. Yeah. Um, and West Ham has started off like a house on fire. I think Mikhail, Mikhail Antonio um, is the leading goal scorer and maybe one of the most, well, one of the top goal scorers in the whole of Europe. Yeah. And this is a player that I think maybe a decade ago started off as right back. um so the transformation in his eye for goal is something that you've got to commend and unfortunately he's suspended for this game which plays into man united's hands but again i think it'll be a a great game it's away for manchester united and now they haven't lost a game for over a year and a half i think they now hold a record for most games away from home not lost so um it should be it should be a good game but you've got a question or at least question the mood in the Manchester United camp because of their result against young boys uh, on Tuesday night which was just a massive surprise it was indeed very surprising Rahul I think that 
Oregon Solskjaer has got 11 games in charge in the Champions League, and they've lost seven of those 11. So they have a good squad. Manchester United have an excellent squad, and the addition of Ronaldo on top of that was, you know, what's going to happen next? And obviously he scores in this particular game, but for one reason or the other, it just kind of went haywire. I didn't get the chance to watch the entire game, but I noticed that as they were losing, he took off Ronaldo, he took off Bruno uh, Bruno Fernandes, and you're wondering... I mean, those are kind of your two top goal scorers. I understand it's early days in the Champions League, but wouldn't you want to win as quickly and as much as you can so you can save, you know, your your players later on in the campaign? But uh, it was a big shock to see, and I wonder if this this week is going to be interesting because it could be a wake-up call where Man United go out and have a, a brilliant day and try to tear into West Ham, or West Ham could take an opportunity and, and maybe pimp one over Manchester United. Yeah, I, I, I think... Manchester United's game against young boys, they take the lead. You kind of expect them to push on. And then the red card happens for uh, Aaron Wambasaka. But again, I've seen a lot of comparisons between see how Chelsea managed the game against Liverpool and Tuchel knew exactly what he wanted to do and his players believed him and backed him and, and Ole couldn't get that out of, of United. And, that, and that's a fair argument and a fair criticism of, of them. Uh, the goal that comes at right at the end of the game um, for the young boys from the American. Uh, and I don't want to mess up his name, but I think it was, let me look it up. I'll come back to it. But <laughs> the goal that comes right at the end is a mistake from Jesse Lingard. And that's something that nobody, no manager, no defender, no goalkeeper uh, could have prepared for or could have you know defended. And it's just one of those unfortunate things that one point that they were going to get turns into zero. Uh, but the bigger question is around Ole and his game management in terms of, okay, we're down to 10, but what is the plan? Right. And it seems like they didn't really have one. Yep. And that name that you're looking for, Al, I hope I pronounce it okay, but it's Theosin Sibachio. I don't think I did a good job on that one, but that's the name of the young man that scored in the 95th minute for the young boys. So, yeah, it's definitely interesting to see. I think that you've got to also understand long-term Tuchel has a lot more experience in the defensive realm, especially of how he's managed multiple teams in multiple countries and came into Chelsea and almost said, defensively, we need to fix something and switch to a back three. So Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I think, I don't know if he got things wrong that day. It was just interesting to see some of the subs and changes because Bruno and and Ronaldo, for me, can really help on the counterattack, especially when you're down to 10 men. You want those kind of guys that help you break out and come out of the low block and things like that. But we're not managers. Solskjaer has been out there. He's been leading Manchester United for the last few years here. And so, again, turning our attention back to West Ham, it it can go either way. West Ham can come out here and say, we'll take an opportunity and beat Manchester United. And Manchester United could say, we need to come back from this loss and pick back up onto winning ways. So I think it'll be a pretty exciting game. Yeah, definitely will. And I I think his name... I think you pronounce it right, but he also goes by Jordan P. Falk. Um, And he's a young American player. And uh, what a way to announce yourself by scoring a a winner against Manchester United. So um, definitely good for him. And coming to West Ham, they actually won their game in Europa League. Uh, If listeners don't remember, they qualified for the Europa League uh, last season through the Premier League. And they won won their game away to Dinamo Zagreb, which, again, they are household name in uh, European football. I think we ourselves have played them a bunch of times uh, and they won West Ham won two nil Mikhail Antonio scoring as well as Declan Rice. Yeah. So they are coming off hot 
performance. So it'll be interesting to watch over the next few next few days here yeah. how that plays out. So yeah. All right, should we move on and talk about another game here? We'll go to the opposite side of Manchester and we'll talk about Manchester City at Southampton. Hey, I mean, if you listen to Pep, Manchester City will be tired. They don't have the rotation that they need. Um, but they also scored six goals in midweek against RB Leipzig. So uh, this is a team that, you know, we said, oh, they didn't get that striker and they seem to be uh, missing that piece that will win them a title or take them to the Champions League trophy. But they seem to be free scoring even without a striker. And I think that almost frees them up in that goals come from wherever they can and people feel like contributing and, and attacking and Cancelo scores a goal. And I think Man City may be one of the only teams in Europe that can play without a striker and, and win games by six goals or, or four goals or five goals. Yeah, and they're playing a Southampton side who has not got the best start to the season so far. In fact, they're, they're doing a little bit up and down here and there. They're, they're not sitting too high in the table either. I think Southampton's sitting in like 15th or 16th place here. Manchester City are doing very, very well. And so on paper, Raul, it seems like a pretty straightforward win as far as I can tell. But again, you just never know with these games. You don't, but I, I mean, it should be a straightforward win for Man City. Uh, and that would only pile the misery on uh, Hassan Hootl on in Southampton. Um, but I feel like Southampton didn't really strengthen in 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 the um, transfer window. They lost Ings. Yep. They did bring in our young boy Livermento, which again is a good move for them. Even uh, Armando Borja. Uh, but that those are young players that are kind of breaking in, and it, it takes them time. And I, I don't know if Southampton will give Hassan Hootl time. Not suggesting anything, but. I think if it continues the way it has, they may look elsewhere. But Man City, I think, should should win this. Yeah, they should on paper. It sounds pretty straightforward. All right, let's talk about one more game before we move on to ours. That's Liverpool versus Palace. And Liverpool this season are a different Liverpool to the, the one that finished last season. They are actually performing really, really well. They're sitting in third place, all joint top points with Everton, Chelsea, and Manchester United. They're in very, very good form, and they're playing Palace. And initially, early on in the before the season started, Rahul, I'd actually picked Palace to struggle and potentially even get relegated with Patrick Vieira at the helm. But they're not doing too too bad. They're sitting in eleventh. They're sitting there with five points, so not too not too too bad for for a team with a brand new manager. And you know they've lost a lot of players and they've restructured and done a few things there. Our very own Mark Wehi joining them. So thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, Liverpool have been doing well in the league. Uh, they did struggle a little bit against AC Milan uh, midweek. Uh, I think Van Dijk not playing yeah. is just changes the whole dynamic of that team, especially with defending. And they did concede twice against uh, Milan. But Van Dijk should be back. And I think that changes the way Liverpool approaches games. And um, Palace coming off of a great win against Spurs. Um, I think that might have been more onto Spurs. I'm not taking anything away from Palace, but going away to Liverpool, Anfield, um, probably a tough assignment for them. But they've also proven in the last few years that they can go to Anfield and get a result. So I wouldn't write them off completely, but I think Liverpool may just have enough for them. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Liverpool will have enough in the tank for this. I think you had sent some stats about Mohamed Salah breaking 100 Premier League goals and 
in no time, I think is what it was. Yeah, I think it was 100 Anfield appearances, and he scored 72 goals in 100 appearances at Anfield and assisted 24. Yeah, incredible. So uh, he's for a one season wonder, like we we were saying back in I think 2015 or 16 when he came, he's consistently performing. And uh, one player that haunts me when, when I think yeah. about players that we've let go. Definitely one we do. Before we move on, Rahul, I want to talk about one more player that's on loan at Palace, and that's Connor Gallagher. He seems to be very, very refreshed, seems to be driving that midfield and performing extremely well for them. There was a lot of talk in the preseason when he was playing for us that he might stay. He's doing really, really well in preseason. But as we've just talked about the likes of Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Saul, Kante, I mean, where does Connor see his future long-term as far as positionally? And what did you make of his performances in the first few games here so far? He's been he's been very good. I think he's got the license from uh, Vieira and, and the team around him to kind of express himself in, in the attacking third. And he's done that. He's bang, He's gotten a couple of goals already. Uh, could have easily gotten one against Tottenham. Uh, so he's doing well and he's getting the experience, like I was saying in the last episode, he's getting the experience that he needs in the Premier League. Uh, last season with West Brom, it's a, it's a different kind of assignment playing for a team that was just promoted and and their whole uh, goal is to survive. Um, But with Palace, I think with some of the more established names with Zaha around him and um, Ayu and some of the other guys, it allows him to kind of do the things that, you know, he wouldn't be able to for for side fighting relegation. So it's great for him. And I think if long-term he can make his way back, he's got a similar um, work ethic like Mason Mount and actually one of our listeners had commented that on our Twitter um, saying that you know he's got the engine like Mason Mount and he's got more of an end product that we've you know from what we've seen so he could definitely make a claim for or stake a claim for a position in this squad but like you've mentioned some of the names ahead of him um, it may take a little bit more consistent performance but he's got the rest of the season to do that. Yeah, I'm definitely, you know, excited to watch him for the rest of the season. And maybe next year we'll see if he can fit in or he's going to go out on loan. One thing I will mention, Chelsea as a club has started to become a little bit smarter in inserting buyback clauses in a lot of these players, which means that if he cannot make it now, maybe in four years when he's a finished product, we might be able to get him back for a good price. Now, time will only tell. But good luck to the young man. He's played well so far, and I hope he continues. Yes. All right, Rahul, should we jump into the big, big, big match? Another London derby. I mean, Chelsea have got a lot of games that are huge this first few weeks in the Premier League, and that's Tottenham versus Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, we started off with the London derby against Palace, then we went to Arsenal, and now we played Tottenham. So um, a tough game. I, You know, Tottenham started off well, like we were saying, won their first three games, beat Man City in one of them. Um, and not that we haven't started off well, but... It's a game where I think back to the sorry season where we had gone, I think it was eight, nine, ten games unbeaten, and then we went to Tottenham away and they just ripped us apart. <laughs> um, so I'm all, always wary of that fact that Tottenham have the ability to kind of stop right. that, you know, that momentum that Chelsea has been building. But I don't want to be too negative. So uh, maybe we start off with a combined 11 that we put up on our Instagram. Yeah, let's be a little bit lighthearted. You started yes. very, very aggressive. With this. You know, we, we try to have a little bit of fun with the fans. We try to have a little bit of fun on Instagram. We put up a stories poll, I think is the easiest way to describe that. 
and thank you to everyone. We got a lot of engagement. Yeah. I mean, we got a lot of engagement, a lot of people voting, a lot of people saying how they felt about this combined 11. And before we get into it, really Tottenham Hotspurs do have a good squad. They do have a good manager. And we ask that, you know, we are the Premier Chelsea. We talk all things Chelsea, but also the Premier League. But we ask most of our fans to be unbiased. And I think they were, but unfortunately, I don't know if there was a single Tottenham player that could make it into <laughs> this combined 11. So I apologize, but it was a lot of fun. We'll start with goalkeeper. Rahul, was it ever a debate? It wasn't, especially after the way Mendy has started this season. I, I, I don't think there was a debate at all. Yeah, I think it was like 98% or 99% of the votes went to Mendy. So the ones that voted for Lloris, thank you. At least he got his name on the board there, but it was Mendy all the way. By the way, the formation that was selected was a 3-4-2-1. A three, so a lot of the fans also wanted to see that. I guess it gets to pick the more defensive side of the game, but the more counterattacking as well. So with the three center backs, it was Aspilicueta, Silva, and Rudiger. So it was Chelsea sweep all the way through. Uh, Tanganga didn't get a chance. Uh, Eric Dyer didn't stand a chance. And uh, Sanchez did not stand a chance as well. They were all in the high 90s. So there was not a lot to debate over here. Uh, we moved to right wing back. Rahul, who did you vote for? What, what were the options? <laughs> <laughs> so it was Reese James versus Emerson. I think his name is Emerson Jr., Emerson Royale. Em- Emerson Royale, yeah. yeah. And who I, did you I, vote for? <laughs> I mean, you know, I can't go against Beast James. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So James, James was the overwhelming support over there as well. He easily took it. Now in the middle, who did we go for, Rahul? Yeah, I mean, I think we had the option of uh, Jorginho against um, Hoiberg. Yep. Uh, and Jorginho was was a clear favorite. And then it was, I think it was Conte against Skip, uh, I believe. Skip. And yeah. that's really, I mean... I know we were trying to be unbiased, but that's one where that decision is just very easy. And and no disrespect to Skip, he's a young guy coming not, through. No. But here you're talking about Conte, a World Cup winner, a Champions League winner. And even if you take all of those trophies away, he's the nicest person that you could ever, ever meet or interact with. So it had to be Conte. Absolutely. It had to be Conte. And I think Conte is just a brilliant footballer all around. You can't have him. I think he walks into any of the Premier League sides. He does, yeah. And some of the top you know, leagues in the world, he would walk into any side. Uh, left wing back was a pretty tough one for me, Rahul, because I didn't put Chilwell up. I, I'm a big Chilwell fan, but Alonso has been in fine form. So I put up Alonso versus Regulon, and it was not so split as far as like 90-10, but I think we got about 80-20 towards Alonso. So Alonso, again, winning that round. So it was pretty good for them as well. Yeah, I mean, Regulon has been good. I think uh, Alonso Nixon just would... With- you know, he contributes in the attacking third. He could always pop up with a goal and assist. Um, I think Reguilon still has to add that to his game. And right. so that's that's a fair uh, fair choice. And we've also got to note that these choices are mainly based on, you know, the form this season right. um, and, you know, just the, the players available. So Alonso, I think, is a good pick. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we move to the attacking midfielder positions and... It was Serg Ber- Bergwine, if I'm Bergs, saying that correctly. Yeah. Bergwine versus Mason Mount. And again, I mean, it was a good shout for Bergwine, but 
Mason Mount took it pretty easily at the end of the day. And I, I don't think you would disagree with that, would you, Rahul? No, yeah, Mason Mounts. All one, day long, one right? of our own. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next one we want to talk about, and I'd actually like to get your honest opinion on this one and try as much as you can to be unbiased. It was Kai Havertz versus Son. And honestly, up until the last, last, last few minutes of this tally before we actually took in the results, it was 50 50. A lot of our fans actually were voting for Son, you know, many of them going for Havertz. But right up until the end, it ended up being 55 45. Very, very close. And again, it just depends on the numbers and how people voted. It favored towards Havertz, but this was the closest in the voting. And so I want to get your honest opinion here. Yeah, I mean, I I picked Havertz uh, because of the moment he gave us at the end of last season. Uh, But if you think about it, and I know I just said it's all about this season and Son's contributed this season already. uh, But overall, I think Son brings a little bit more to the to a Tottenham squad, at least from what we've seen uh, in terms of goals, in terms of assists. Not to say Havertz can't do that, but from Son's had more of a, a longer period in the Premier League doing it consistently. Havertz, this is his second season. Yes, he's popped up with a goal already against Liverpool, but I think Son just adds a little bit more uh, to any side, honestly. Yeah. And, and if he was in our side playing on the other side of Mason Mount and behind Lukaku... Uh, I think he would generate a similar relationship like he has with Kane with Lukaku, and and that would be that would be great to watch. So, um, not disagreeing with the choice of Havertz, but could easily make a case for Son to to be in there. Yeah, very nice argument there. Because honestly, I have to raise my hand, and I love Kai Havertz, but I actually voted for Son. I think Kai will become one of the world's greatest players, and hopefully, I'm I'm accurate in saying that, and maybe people can post this in the future and say he said it. But Son is it, it feels to me like he's the finished product. He's already right. there. Uh, Jose Mourinho called him Sonaldo for a reason. He does have that extra flair and that finesse. And I think the thing you touched on, which is that relationship, maybe Havertz and Lukaku will form that over the season. But Son has a wonderful relationship with with Kane. And he really chips in with the goals and assists, which is what we're yet to see Kai and maybe even Mason kind of bring to their game. So I, I had actually voted for Son. I think that he would he would do well in this combined 11. So that's my thoughts. But again, very, very close with the voting. And now the next one, the big one, the center forward, Lukaku versus Kane. And Raul, I must be honest, I was monitoring this poll for several hours. Kane was leading the way for a long, long time. And honestly, rightly so. I think Harry Kane has been in the Premier League for a long time. Not saying Lukaku has not done it and been there as well, but Harry Kane has been that, you know, that big name for Tottenham for a long time. However, in the last few hours, Lukaku came rearing on. I don't know if the fans heard something, saw something, (laughs) but it ended up being closer to a 60-40 with Lukaku taking 60% of the votes there. Your thoughts on this one? It's, again, it's one of our own players. He's proven it this season from the goals that he scored. Um, if I think about it between the two of them, uh, who would I have in my squad? I, I would go with Lukaku uh, and I'm not, I'm not trying, not being biased. And it's more about uh, Lukaku has done it with West Brom in the premier league. Lukaku has done right. it with Everton in the premier league. Lukaku then moved to Manchester United and, and had a pretty successful time there. Yes. Towards the end of it, he, it fell out, it fell out uh, off. But then he decided to, you know, not take the easy way out and stay in the Premier League. He went to a whole different league yeah. and did it there too, uh, and then has come back and, and is contributing. So when I think about all of that, 
And I think about what Kane's done and no disrespect to Kane. Kane's an awesome player. One of yep. the best strikers in the world. Uh, Lukaku just has that this season from what I'm seeing. Lukaku just has that characteristic or attribute that he's here to prove something. And that's, that, that's what I, I voted for. Well said, my friend. And I voted for Lukaku too. And let me tell you my thoughts. I love Harry Kane. I think that England have needed an excellent center forward of the likes of Alan Shearer, Wayne Rooney, that kind of style. And I think Kane does that. I think where, where Lukaku won me over was in that really big moment against Arsenal where he just tore Pablo Marie apart with his <laughs> physicality. I think that's something that shows what he brings, something separate from what Kane has. I think he brings that leadership and aggression as well. Not to say Kane doesn't. I, I want to be very clear. Kane is, is a captain for Tottenham. He's a captain for England. But Lukaku just has this mentality maybe that I'm a winner and I'm going to make everybody else around me a winner. And that re- that's something that really speaks to me. And it just, it made me vote for Lukaku. And again, a lot of the fans out there did, and it was a 60, 40 slide. So um, other than son who we, we've battled for over here, Rahul, I think it was a clean sweep. <laughs> and again, the engagement was excellent. So thank you guys. If you enjoy this, let us know. We'll do it again. Maybe it's something fun for everybody to kind of vote and get their two cents on. Yeah, no, it was a great uh, idea and I'm, I'm glad we did it. And um for the people that voted for Havertz we're not disagreeing with you uh, but we do have to keep it a little bit fair and have someone from Tottenham in a combined 11 so um Son makes it in so combined 11 or not Rahul the, the team was pretty much Chelsea is this your predicted 11 to face Tottenham or would you make some tweaks to this team uh you know I mean I think goalkeeping Mendy has to play I think Aspilicueta plays I I'm Maybe Christensen comes in, uh, but Thiago Silva, I wouldn't be opposed to it either. Uh, Rudiger, I think, is a, is one player, apart from Lukaku, that just holds his position in this squad as long right. as they say fit and depending yep. on the game. Uh, so Rudiger on that side. Um, I, I mean, I think Reese James comes back in. He played midweek, and since we're touching on Reese James, playing midweek for your club – and people breaking into your house and yeah. and stealing your prized possessions and medals is just disgusting. So uh, we're with Reese. We we back him obviously on the pitch, but off the field too. And hopefully they find the people that did this and they punished and and he gets back his possessions that he fought and and worked very hard to win. Yeah. Um, moving to midfield, I think Jorginho. But it, if Conte is fit. I would play Conte, but it would be a very unfair to Kovacic to drop him <laughs> after at least the last two games he's had. So um, maybe Kovacic starts and Conte right. comes on uh, so that we don't throw Conte right in. Uh, I think Alonso keeps his spot. I don't think Chilwell is fully ready for this sort of game in terms of fitness. Uh, Mason Mount keeps his spot. I think Ziyech, like okay. I was mentioning earlier in the episode I think when teams sit deeper and I think Tottenham will and they will try to pack that midfield Ziyech could be a player that can unlock it especially with Lukaku's pace uh, or his ability to hold up the ball and and maybe find someone else around him I think Ziyech could play that role Uh, and then Lukaku is a a mainstay (laughs) yeah absolutely and and for Ziyech I heard something or I read something online that typically he likes to hug the touchline and in this formation, the wingbacks have to remind Ooh, him that, that they're yeah. going to be bombing in. So he needs to push and work himself a little more internally or what you call like an inverted winger or inside winger, right. whatever you want to call it. And so I think he's getting comfortable with that. We know that he scored quite a few goals in preseason in this formation, so we know he can. 
It's just a matter of let's seeing if he can turn that on. Like we've said this season, we're, we're expecting a lot more of Ziek, Havertz, Werner, all of the guys that signed last year. And so if he does get that start, he can maybe unlock a defense, at least with an assist or a cross that Lukaku can bury, and that would be excellent. Yeah, no, I definitely. And if Ziek doesn't start, we have the likes of Kai Havertz, Steven Werner. Uh, and I think Timo Werner could have a, a role to play in this game, especially if, uh, you know, we're playing on the counter and defending a lead and we need someone to kind of help us out. He's, he would be a great option, but I, that would be my starting 11. Okay. Yeah, again, always a strong starting 11 with Chelsea. There's no easy way to say that. Whoever we pick, it's going to be brilliant. But I have a couple of questions here for you, Rahul. Uh, do you think, London Derby, keep that in mind, do you think this is going to be feisty? And the reason I ask this question is, in the last few years or so, we've had Jose Mourinho who tends to make his teams feisty or tends to turn them a little more aggressive. Nuno, Nuno strikes me as a calm, compassionate, level-headed manager. What do you think he's going to be telling his players? I mean, he may tell them to not be feisty, but you've got to remember this is a London derby in Tottenham's new stadium. I think we've only played there once before in terms of fans being there. Right. And we beat them, William Goals, from, from that game. So I think with fans being back, uh, a London derby, champions of Europe coming to town, Spurs losing uh, against Palace last week, dropping points against Rennes in, in, in the Conference Europa Conference League or whatever it's called. Uh, I think the pressure is on them and their fans will be pushing them and driving them to, to get a result. And it will definitely be feisty. I don't know who the referee is because from our last away game, I've got to be mindful who, of who the referee <laughs> is. And so if our listeners know, please let us know and uh, we can look into his record. But it definitely will be feisty. Hopefully we have a referee that can handle it and keep a lid on it and not want to be the, the main center of attention for this game. <laughs> yeah, look, I like a feisty game as much as anybody. I just hope there's no injuries or right. no nasty scenes i can think of a few years ago where someone stepped on i think it was fabregas no Costa's yeah. hand or Fabri- yeah. fabregas's hand and then kante got into the mix of it and you never see kante <laughs> get into the mix of it so as long as no one gets injured and it gets too nasty i think it'd be fun to see a little more passion probably yes, the right absolutely. Word on the field all right nuno we talked a little bit about him is he the guy to break Tottenham's curse. And I don't mean this in the context of Tottenham versus Chelsea. I'll ask you for a prediction afterwards. I mean this in the context of his career at Tottenham. Do you think he can win them a trophy? I mean, from the looks of it, no. <laughs> but you you never know. I mean, Tottenham have a good squad, at least the starting 11 with the likes that we mentioned, Kane, Son, Deli Ali coming back into the, into the frame. Right. Um, they could... But you've got to think about the other teams like ourselves, Chelsea, Manchester United now, City, Liverpool, Leicester. Yeah. Uh, there's, there are a lot of other teams that have good squads and have good depth. Um, and so for maybe a Carabao Cup, I'm thinking yeah. Spurs could make a run. But then if they come up against a Man City or a Manchester United, that's where they will be tested. And I don't think they have enough to get past that hump. Um, and I also honestly feel Nuno has been put into an unfair position with the whole Harry Kane saga, the fact that he wasn't their first choice and they eventually settled for him. Um, I don't think he's been set up for success, but he's a good manager and he showed that at Wolves and I wish him all the best. So I, if, he, if, he, if he does it and, and gets them a trophy, he would have fully deserved it. 
Yeah, only time will tell. There's good analysis there, so we'll wait and watch. And from my opinion, hopefully he doesn't break the curse and their stadium can continue to be empty without any trophies. Or maybe the Audi Cup, they can keep that one as they won <laughs> a few years ago. But no, that's good analysis from you. One more, one more point or discussion point here. Tuchel, we've already talked about him quite a bit. I think he's been excellent so far this season. Uh, he was excellent last season towards the end of it. I need to go find the clip where you had wished and prayed that Tuchel wouldn't become our manager. I know you, I see you putting a face palm there, but tactically Rahul, I think he's figuring things out. I think we've already discussed it. Chelsea not playing in, in the highest years, but still getting results. Just a quick word on Tuchel before we move on. I'll get a prediction from you. I, I, whatever we say would be less because he's come in and, and turned a club around that wasn't ready to win things. Yep. and took them to the pinnacle of European football right. in a matter of four months. Um, so that in itself is, was a massive achievement. And I think that proved to the players that he knows what he's doing. And if you believe in him and if you follow him and listen to him, it'll only lead to greater things. And we had our doubts. I had my doubts. Like you said, I wasn't sure if he was the right person. But within the first four or five games, he came in and, and I, was, I was a fan. You can call me a fanboy. Um, and he is one of the main reasons we're considered title favorites this season. And, well and I think he's managing the squad pretty well so far. Like I said, our, pro- our problems come later in the year, yep. uh, in the season, but so far he's been excellent. And I think, um, long may it continue. And he brings a couple more trophies to the bridge. Very, very well said. Things you love to hear. Rahul is a fanboy of Thomas <laughs> Tuchel. So... <laughs> You can quote that. You can print that. You can do whatever you want with it. Make but... your T-shirt with that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. We've got a fun segment next. But before we jump into that, Rahul, a quick prediction. Tottenham versus Chelsea. Who are you going for and what's the scoreline? I have got to go for Chelsea. 2-1. Okay. okay. Um, but it will be extremely crucial that we get that first goal. Because if Tottenham get it, uh, they have shown this season that they can defensively hold off now again they're missing a few players and we'll find out more from the press conference tomorrow but if we get the first goal I think it just adds a little more pressure on them and then with the likes of Werner Lukaku and and other players we could nick a second one and and be comfortable okay fair enough that's good good shout there I'm gonna go for a two nail win for Chelsea I think again Lukaku with another goal and then from there maybe Kai Havertz will pinch another one or Mason Mount's due one as well but look We've got Frank Kovacic sitting in the wings as well, so <laughs> anybody can score. No, I'm going for a 2-0. I was confident in the Zenit game. We didn't get out of first or second gear, and we still got a goal. I think we'll be fired up for this one, so potentially a couple of goals coming through. All right, let's go to a fun little segment, something different that we've not done before or not done at this level before, which is fan questions from Instagram. So we put up a little poll. I'm going to read that really quickly, and then we'll kind of jump into some questions, Rahul, and then we can maybe give our thoughts and analysis on it. We'll be recording tonight. Let us know your thoughts or questions on the season so far. We'll discuss or answer them on the episode. So firstly, there was a lot of engagement. So I really, really appreciate that. We cannot take everybody's questions, but we're going to pick a couple of them over here. So underscore D-I-R-3-N underscore change or formation. Rahul, are we going to change our formation anytime soon? I don't think so. I think we've set up and we've mastered this 3-4-2-1 or hybrid of 3-4-3 formation. And I think we stick to it. Now, Tuchel is a great tactician and we know he likes to switch things up. And he did try certain different things 
in preseason, so maybe he's holding on to them for certain games, and maybe it's this Sunday. Uh, but I think we continue for most of the season with this formation. Yeah, I think I have to agree with you, at least as a starting formation. I know that he did experiment with two strikers, and I know that Timo Werner has mentioned several times that he enjoys playing with a bigger physical striker. Target, yeah. Target man, and then yeah. he can get balls off of him. So you may find out in a game or two, if we're not scoring early on, Timo may come on and we may switch to two up top. That's the only thing you can really see. But barring any significant changes to our form, I think we're going to stick with the tried and trusted at this point in time. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, I mean, there's a formation where we haven't really gone behind in terms of, you know, losing games or, or chasing games and why change something that's not broken. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So thanks for that question. Moving on. Joe M two three triple zero. Joe M two three triple zero is a Timo slash Lukaku pairing up top one you would like to see. I think we just discussed that. Right. Do I have to say yes or no for you, Rahul? I would love to see it. I think it would benefit Timo, especially if that's what he's been used to, um, and it would bring a whole different dynamic to our our game with in terms of having a, a faster, pacier player playing off of Lukaku, right. who himself isn't isn't very slow. So um, a whole different dynamic and one I definitely would love to see. Yep, as would I. I would love to see it. But like I said, I don't want to change what's not broken right, right. now. But maybe in the second half, if we're 4-0 up, give it a chance. Or maybe if we're down and we need something and fresh. Need, right. Yeah, it's a good idea. So thanks for the question, Joe M2300. All right. I want to make sure I get all the names right. Jonathan underscore pan underscore ZH says, we won the games against Villa and Zenit, but we didn't look as good as last season. Is this a problem? Rahul, is this a problem? I mean, yes, it's a problem because we want, we want it all, right? We're fans. We want it all. We want the performances. We want the wins. We want the goals. Um, so from that aspect, yes, it's something to worry about, but I would tell Jonathan um, we're winning games. And like we've, we've said all, all episode long is at this stage of the season, it's, this is going to be the fifth game uh, in the premier league. It's about starting off and maintaining a, a positive flow and positive rhythm to the season. And I think we're doing that regardless of the performances. Uh, and even against Villa, we weren't at our best, but we scored three goals um, so that's something we lacked last season. If you remember, we were we were complaining, where's the attacking? Who's going right. to score? What's going to happen? Now we're scoring. Um, so not not a major worry for me. But like we said, if it, if it continues like this and we come up against better teams with Man City coming next week, um, we will have to perform and win games versus just being okay and winning games. Yeah, uh, I mean, I got to echo what you just said. Early days, we're still winning. I think it takes time for the, the big blue machine to get fully oiled here, and we will. So not too worried about that here. This is a good question. Connor underscore 1207. Chelsea's player of the season. Is it a little bit too early to ask for that, Rahul? I mean, it is, but my pick, and I just spoke about him, would be Rudiger. Okay. That's a good shout. Yeah. Yeah. And most people will go for Lukaku and maybe that's your pick too. And then that's, that's definitely the, the, a good choice. Um, But from what I'm seeing from Rudiger, it's, he was good towards the end of last season. He's taken it a step further. Yeah. For me, it's Lukaku. No, no disrespect to Rudiger. Love him, love him, love him. What a feisty guy he is, but 
Lukaku is that missing puzzle piece that we've been looking for for a while. And so I think unless things go sour in the next few weeks here, I really, really think he can end as our, our player of the season. So yeah, I, the, the only thing I would say to Rudiger is sign that contract, <laughs> renew it so that you're here long-term and, and we don't have to worry about losing you at the end of the season. Yeah. You need to put this up on Instagram and tag, tag Rudiger. <laughs> I'm sure he would love to sign after here. Or, or the way he would like to hear it, dude, <laughs> sign that contract. <laughs> All right, I think we have time for one more. Let me scroll through. Again, a lot of engagement here. This is a great one, actually. Uh, Ty underscore talk Z CFC. So let me say that again. Ty underscore talk Z CFC. Are Chelsea actual title contenders? Rahul, I think you already answered this one, but maybe you can say it again. Yeah, I mean, uh, we are. That's, that's our goal. We brought in Lukaku with the intention of, of pushing for the title. Um, and that's that's the next step i guess you win the champions league and you've got to win the premier league too so at this stage of the season if you ask me what our goals are it's got to be aiming for the title now that may change but at this point definitely title challengers yeah the way i look at it think of us exactly 12 months ago would you ever say chelsea would be title contenders and i think the answer was probably no at this point last season so it's incredible how far we've come. I think we've signed some missing pieces this year in Lukaku. I think Saul will come good. I believe that the boys that we signed last year now have a chance to adjust and the formation's working out good. So yes, we do have to be title contenders. Um, if we win, will I be excited over the moon? Absolutely. But if we don't win, but we're competing till the very end, I think I'll be very, very pleased with this team as well. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I think we kind of forget that last season we finished fourth. Right. Uh, the season before that, we finished third. So the jump to first is is not that big, but even if we just close the gap a little bit to Man City and then next season, not, not getting ahead of ourselves, right. but next season we say, okay, now we go for the title. Like Jose Mourinho had said a few years ago, yeah. we're we're a baby horse now. Next season we'll be, we'll be in the race. So, uh, but from the, everything we've seen this season, I think definitely going for the title. Yeah, so that's all I've got. I mean, there's a lot more engagement, lots of shout outs for Lukaku, lots of shout outs for Kai Havertz. So thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. If you enjoy this, let us know and we can do it again. And it just promotes some engagement and stuff that you guys would like to listen to as well. Yeah, no, that, that was a great segment. Thanks for um, sharing your questions and, and comments, guys. And uh, maybe we'll make it a weekly thing and, and uh, continue the interaction. But That wraps it up, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Please continue to subscribe, like, and follow us. It's at the Premier Chels, Apple, Spotify, Google, and Instagram. And on Twitter, it's at Premier Chels. As always, send us your feedback, send us your comments. Uh, We love hearing from you. And uh, we will be back later this week, maybe with a special guest from from France uh, to do a Spurs review. Uh, And then I think we're playing Villa next week during midweek in the Carabao Cup. So we'll do the preview to that. Uh, But until then, stay safe and up the chels.